You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show set out to bring you news, interesting topics and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 336. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show is my co-host, Annika Harrison. See ya! Hello! <laughs> well, there's the two of us only this week yeah, again. Yeah, there was no Heysan Heysan. <laughs> no Heysan Heysan, but um, I'm sure that there must be a lot of Heysan Heysan where Pontus is gone <laughs> with his family. I think that is important. Yes, yeah, so. to Heysan when you're out with your family. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. But <laughs> that's a good thing when someone produces a skeptical show. Um, so how, how have you been? Good, good. We're actually leaving for Birmingham tomorrow, so <laughs> okay. pretty excited and I'm also pretty yeah, nervous about... That's Birmingham, UK? Birmingham, UK, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm, I'm nervous about flying because like, I, I love flying, mm-hmm. but um, what I don't love is queuing for seven hours or more in front of security lines, which is what's happening in, um, I don't know, in, in several European airports right now. Mm-hmm. So we have an early morning flight. I hope we'll be <laughs> lucky. So yeah, next episode, I can already tell you how it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, Birmingham is, an, is, a, is a lovely place and, and it's a massive, it's a mm-hmm. big, big city. Yeah. And... Um, did you know that I spent uh, one semester mm-hmm. around the area in uh, Wolverhampton? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> I knew that you lived in Brighton for some time, but I didn't know you weren't over there. <laughs> yeah, that was back in 2005 <laughs> when I was um, an exchange student nice. at the University of Wolverhampton. That's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, it was nice. It was a lovely time. Mm-hmm. I really loved that area and I really, really loved it every moment of uh, staying there. Mm. Yeah, it's a lovely memory. Mm -hmm. I think lovely memories can also be made at next Eurovision because this time it will actually um, definitely be hosted in the UK. Mm. Um, For those who don't remember... It, the conversation about it started when Ukraine won Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah. Normally they would host the next one, but of course they can't. It's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now it's definite that the UK will host the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do we know the reason why the specifically the UK was chosen? Yeah, um, there's actually a reason because the second place was from the UK. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. That's how easy how easy that goes. <laughs> it makes sense. It's probably not safe. And the other thing is probably organizing a Eurovision contest is probably too much of a burden on a country that is struggling to survive at the moment. Yeah, so, uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just hoping that this whole madness is over soon. But we've been saying that for, well, many, many months. Mm-hmm. So Since February. <laughs> not much hope for that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, we occasionally come across the questions that um, we don't have much hope uh, in answering or getting getting a proper answer for. Mm-hmm. And that is that um, whether ESP is real. <laughs> what? Are we real or not? <laughs> I mean, we are real. The European Skeptics Podcast is definitely real. But what about uh, extrasensory perception? <laughs> and uh, that is an ongoing debate. The interesting part is that it's definitely something that science has to say something about. So science has the means to investigate that. And, uh, well, so far, 
it doesn't necessarily look very promising for the proponents of ESB. And among them is uh, Welsh theoretical physicist and Professor Emeritus of Physics at the University of Cambridge, Brian David Josephson. And the interesting part of his work and, and, and his life is that uh, he's very big on transcendental meditation. And, well, he's been criticized of, uh, many, many times for uh, well, stepping way outside of uh, the, the, the mainstream science and the, 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 the boundaries of mainstream science. But it's very important to mention that he is a highly acclaimed scientist in his own field. So he, he did pioneering work in superconductivity and quantum tunneling. And uh, for that, back in 1973, he got the Nobel Prize. So why am I saying all that is because uh, The Skeptic, which is the American skeptic magazine, just published a very interesting debate between him and the Canadian-American uh, cognitive psychologist and um, well-known intellectual, Steven Pinker. And yeah, this is a special occasion for me as well to talk about that because uh, I am currently in Canada and I just left Montreal uh, <laughs> last night where he was born. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, coincidence? I think not. <laughs> But uh, yes, of course it is, just to be sure uh, that uh, our, our listeners don't misunderstand me. So yes, it was a joke. It was a bad one. Uh, but let's move on. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the debate is over whether belief in, in ESP is uh, irrational or it is uh, substantiated by evidence enough so that we can accept it. And obviously, Steven Pinker argues that it's, it's, it's not really. And he is being criticized for something that he did on BBC. He hosted a BBC radio and uh, podcast series, Think with Pinker, where he did a piece on rationality and mentioned uh, ESP in that context. And uh, yeah, that was the, the opening point of that debate. And uh, I'm not going to go through all the arguments, but we will definitely direct our listeners to that. Uh, and it's, it's worth reading through. Uh, interesting arguments are being brought up. And of course, the link will be among the show notes for this show. Yeah. You remember last week when Pontus asked me a question about the police force in Germany and I couldn't answer? Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. So I did my research, but mostly with the help of our mutual friend Ralf Neugebauer who, um, for those who don't know, is a judge. <laughs> yes, and a member of GVUP. And a member of GVUP. And Ralph told me that there is like a federal police force. Um, they have uniforms, they transport that to the borders and they help the federal uh, country mm -hmm. police force. Mm -hmm. Then there's the um, customs police force. They are also can, can be called the financial police. And okay. there's the federal criminal um, service. They also help the federal country police force. So there are German police, like unified police forces, but they do special things like border control, customs. So yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I think that was my homework from last week and maybe we should jump into this week, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should probably. And uh, what would follow is talking about something that happened this week in skeptical history, uh, also known as Twish. However, I'm afraid uh, I've been too busy dealing with um, stuff on my tour 
um, because uh, as I've, I, I've mentioned several times, I got back to working as a tour guide and I'm currently in Canada. Uh, so unfortunately, I don't have one. Um, I didn't want, want to just mention someone or something uh, without explaining it in a little bit more detail. Um, and we don't have a Pontus Pokes the Pope either because Pontus is not here. But mm-hmm. a couple of things, for example, the Pope being on the penitentiary tour of uh, Canada and uh, blocking our way exactly today, this day, because he is mm-hmm. in Quebec City, where I'm currently at. And I am trying to conduct a city tour later this morning. And... We're going to have a lot of um, difficulties trying to do the, the usual r- route of the city tour. Because of good old Frankie, well, parading through the, the city, and as a result, everything is going to be blocked and everything is going to be closed. Nice. <laughs> so thank you very much for uh, doing a penitentiary tour as a, well, some kind of an apology on the Catholic Church's behalf towards uh, native people of Canada and in doing so disrupting the lives of others who try to do their job in the city. Congratulations for that. (laughs) Thank you very much, Frankie. (laughs) So that was a little bit of Andras poking the Pope. Oh, oh, as uh, many of my friends call me, uh, Pinkyu here in Hungary. So it could be Pinkyu pokes the Pope. I think. <laughs> yes, that's. A- but I don't intend to poke him, even if I, I come across him at some point during the day. Not with this. Not even with the stick, right? <laughs> not even with the stick. No. <laughs> no, I have no desire to do that whatsoever. Anyhow, so that means that we are left with. The news. Yes, and I want to tell you something about um, TikTok. Do you know what TikTok is, Andras? <laughs> the little mints that you take <laughs> and you feel like you, you need no, it. No, that's TikTok. Ah, TikTok. Okay, sorry. It's also not the song um, of Keisha, this like TikTok on the clock. <laughs> okay. No, it's actually an app that is uh, works with little video clips. And apparently it's um, the fastest growing news source for adults in the UK. A news source, you mean? Yeah. Oh, exactly. that's weird. Um, a study done by Ofcom mm-hmm. said that TikTok is the fastest growing source of news from 2020 to 2022. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a lot of twos <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right now, they're still pretty much the lowest uh, point. So like we, we shouldn't think that they are super, super strong. <laughs> they have 7%, but they were almost zero in 2020. Mm-hmm. The master of news source is still BBC One. <laughs> okay. And um, like even Instagram... And Twitter, Facebook are still above 10%. But the interesting thing is that TikTok is growing so much. Mm-hmm. So they grew by sevenfold. Mm-hmm. And they know, in the article I read, they say that they know that it's not super trustworthy, that TikTok is not the most trustworthy source, mm-hmm. but they still watch it because it's entertaining and because it gives you the news in a bit of a different way. Yeah. But at least they know that it's not super trustworthy. I think the problem that I see is that TikTok is still very susceptible to misinformation and disinformation. Well, a- anything that is focusing on uh, the uh, emotional effect on 
things yes. rather than the facts will inherently be prone to misrepresentation of the facts yeah. and um, things like that. So, uh, yeah, I believe that's just normal. Exactly. So it is a, an important part of pop culture now. It's important because it makes news more accessible. Mm -hmm. But especially with the war in Ukraine, you could see that they were re very, very susceptible with people putting in um, the clips from a computer game and claim that it was war footage and other things. So... It's just like, it's interesting that it's growing so much, but we should probably also ask ourselves why is it growing so much and why are traditional ways of news sources um, so unattractive? <laughs> yeah, traditional traditional news sources are uh, losing ground and yeah. that is very alarming. Exactly. However, some of the traditional news sources try to steer the ship towards that mm -hmm. a little bit so yes. like becoming more entertaining trying to, to produce yeah. news that are more engaging to people mm -hmm. but it's um, a tough race and uh, well I'm, I'm not sure this is the right direction mm -hmm. exactly yeah so uh, it's probably uh, more important to educate people into how to deal with these uh, news items and, and what constitutes a proper news source. Because even though uh, if these young people know and they are aware that it's not necessarily factual and there could be errors and there could be misleading claims, as long as it has an emotional effect on them, it will have a deeper imprint, deeper effect than the actual facts, wherever the facts come from. So... Uh, Emotions always trump irrationality. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the problem at times. <laughs> Because if, if I show you a sob story, then um, you will be influenced in, in Believe Me, although it might be mis misinformation or even disinformation. So exactly. just to explain the difference, uh, misinformation is wrong, but without intent, and disinformation is wrong, but with intent. Yes. And it's a good thing you mentioned uh, war in Ukraine. It all started with uh, the annexation of the Donetsk and the Luhansk regions, right? Uh, or, mm -hmm. uh, well, yes. prior to that, it was uh, the uh, recognition of them as uh, sovereign states by Russia. And um, it's very ugly what's going on there because it's mm -hmm. basically something that is based on disinformation. So people are being told actual lies about how they are being treated and what the reasons for those treatments uh, are. And uh, there is this thing, what's the, the expression? Is it the pot calling the kettle black, I think, is when... Uh, when we accuse someone of doing something that we are actually doing. And uh, this is what's happening in the Donetsk and Luhansk regions, um, because there's the self-proclaimed Donetsk People's Republic. And the leader of the pseudo-state, who goes by the name Tanis Pushilin, said that, and I quote, the inhuman propaganda of Ukraine and the West has long crossed all boundaries. There is a real persecution of Russians, the imposition of lies and disinformation. And that's the end of the quote. So how does that sound? It sounds very much like uh, what I just said about the kettle and the pot. Yeah. So uh, it's absolutely terrible because now it's, it's the same thing that Trump did, for example, in the U US, calling everything fake news that he didn't agree with and that shed a bad light on him. And uh, it's really not the way to go. So uh, 
the why I'm saying that is because it's all being blamed on Google and not 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 Google in general, but Google's search engine is the bad guy in their eyes because they say that Google is promoting terrorism and violence against all Russians, which is just nonsensical to say and claim it, but uh, it's still happening. So they have made a decision to block Google in uh, the in that area. And the Guardian article that we uh, came across this uh, news item on has a quote, another quote by Pushlin saying that this is what they do in any society with criminals. They are isolated from other people. If Google stops pursuing its criminal policy and returns to the mainstream of law, morality and common sense, there will be no obstacles for its work. End of quote. Yeah, talk about absurdity and talk about morality and common sense. Interesting to read and hear something like that from a skeptical point of view. Yeah. There's also any something else that um, I noticed that I can read, and that is a manual on climate communication that just has been published. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is they started in 2020, mm-hmm. and they published a chapter every once in a while. And yeah, now the 21st and last chapter got published, and now you can also get it as a book, mm-hmm. as a handbook. And they're also planning to make a podcast out of it. Um, the good thing is you can also still download it as a PDF, so you don't have to buy the book. And yeah, with the PDF, it's completely free, of course. And the first episode of the podcast is already out, and it got published in the beginning of July. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even say what the handbook is called yet. Um, it's called Über Klima Sprechen, so Talk About Climate, by Christopher Schrader. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing because like, climate is a topic for all of us, climate change and climate. And to further the discussion about it in, a, in an effective and in a constructive way, we have to know how to communicate about it, you know? <laughs> Mm, exactly. So, yeah, I found this a really great thing, especially to because the PDF download and the podcast are free. Mm-hmm. So we will put that in the show notes and be happy about it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, learning about how to communicate about climate change is extremely important these days, because that is probably the single most important challenge that humanity is facing right now. And uh, that is a, a very important aspect of education as well. So if teachers are not capable of communicating climate science in an understandable and clear way to students, that will result in students not knowing what the hell to do with all this and how to prepare for the future. Exactly. And this should be a no-brainer, but for some reason, uh, not many countries... Uh, take that into account. Well, in some countries, the curriculums uh, don't even include the, anything special, specific uh, about climate change. But uh, some UK children decided to take things to the, into their hands and uh, try to make sure that they are being told properly about climate change. So a couple of uh, students, one of them is a campaigner by the name Scarlett Westbrook, and she's 18 years of age, and uh, she wrote a bill for Parliament to change the Education Act so that the uh, not only GCSE geography and science will cover an in-depth 
um, kind of analysis of climate change, why it happens, how it happens, what can we do, but like a cross-curriculum uh, kind of approach um, is is what uh, this uh, bill for the parliament is uh, trying to, to get through. And that's very important. And uh, some uh, teachers, geography teachers and others have expressed their support towards uh, this bill. So we don't know yet uh, whether it will be dealt with by the parliament. But um, we do know that uh, there is um, Ms. Whittam. Uh, who happens to be the youngest MP in the British Parliament, and she's 25 years of age. And um, she does remember, and I quote, that it wasn't wasn't that long ago that I was in school myself, and I remember not learning about this. I think that's pretty surprising for older MPs, Uh, end quote. So, um, yes, this is something that needs to be dealt with, and uh, I can't wait to see how it goes in the future so how uh, parliament decides to deal with it or whether whether to deal with it at all but i think it's important for them to just grab this by the tail and and go with it because there is not a single thing that is most important at the moment than preparing young people for the future yeah so well done and uh, it's important for students to take things in their own hands if uh, it turns out that the adults who are who should be responsible for uh, preparing them are doing fuck all yeah just make sure that uh, you consult the right people and experts and all that and this is something that has been shown as well to work very well when we think of uh, Greta Thunberg yeah she started something that has grown very very big and international and that is extremely important that's more important than anything else they learn and it's a very good argument when it comes to that and uh, people ask her why she's not at school learning stuff about humanity and about about history and about anything else it's a good argument that she has made many many times that uh, why do you think that any of that is more important than what the future holds for us yeah Um, it's like um a german cartoonist um actually made a cartoon out of that um, with two fish Mm -hmm. that are in a bowl. Yeah. And there's a little fish that is wearing a braid. So, like, the fish looks like Greta Thunberg. And (laughs) she's pointing at the glass. And she said, there's a crack in the bowl. And the other fish says, why are you not in school? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. It's just like, yeah, it fits so well. (laughs) It it does. It does. Okay. I think that uh, sums up our news segment. Yes. However, we still have one thing that we need to find out, and that is who's been really wrong lately. Yeah, and that's actually easy to say because it's the National Lottery of the UK. (laughs) Oh, there's a lot of things going on in the UK at the moment. Yes, yes. (laughs) They have been really wrong, but I want want to tell you first why. (laughs) Well, I just want to tell you first about the um, National Lottery Mm -hmm. because what they say they want to do is our funding is public money. We can't give it to organizations that maybe are not democratic or whatever, and we fund projects that support people and communities across the UK. And yeah, guess who they're funding right now? (laughs) Mm. They're funding homeopathy in the Sussex community. Mm. 
<laughs> and they have been awarded a grant from this national lottery to provide homeopathy mm -hmm, to survivors of domestic abuse and sexual violence. And that's like so wrong in so many ways. <laughs> On so many levels. Yes. It's like this, it's the spiral of badness in a way. Like I think <laughs> yes. our award this week has to have a spiral form because it's just like so bad to like to provide homeopathy to survivors of domestic abuse and sexual violence in the first place is so brain dead mm -hmm. and to then of the national lottery to go there and award them a grant and to essentially waste public money for something that has no effect beyond placebo yeah <laughs> and especially if like these survivors think they don't need actual medication because of the homeopathy then it can endanger their lives even more mm -hmm. you know and yes. that, yeah it just makes me angry <laughs> but to sum it all up for wasting public money, risk, risking lives, and to give money to something that doesn't work beyond placebo effect. The National Lottery and his homeopathy in the Sussex community received this week's prize for being really wrong. Oh, how well deserved it is. Yeah. <laughs> Do we know of any organizations who's, who have uh, spoken up against this? Um, I know that Edson Ernst did. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So that's probably pretty much it so far, but we will see what mm -hmm. what will come uh, out of it now soon. Like I'm pretty sure there will other be be other UK skeptics and other organizations who will talk about it. Yeah. All right. So thank you very much, Annika. Thank you for uh, bringing that to everyone's attention. And I think before we go, there is one last thing to do, and that is sharing a quote with our listeners. <laughs> Yeah, and this quote is by Friedrich Nietzsche, a German philosopher and author. Um, he lived from 1844 to 1900. And it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek, but I liked it because it just raised my mood. <laughs> <laughs> so the quote is, It is hard enough to remember my opinions without also remembering my reasons for them. <laughs> 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 yeah but of course that, that also has a has a true meaning and a true core and that is uh don't only have opinions but also have reasons for the opinions <laughs> yeah and yeah, at yeah. best these reasons should be uh scientific facts <laughs> yeah and it rhymes very well with um uh, the idea that uh you, you can't reason someone out of their opinion if their opinion is not made out of reason in the first place <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's something that w that rhymes with this pretty well, I think. All right. Thank you very much, Annika. And uh, indeed, thanks a lot for uh, joining me today. Of course. <laughs> many, many thanks to our listeners as well for tuning in. Please keep doing so. And until next week, goodbye. Tschüss. Bis dann. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. 
All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Shrub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. Hey, do. Hey, do. <laughs>